They didn't show names. Show names. Show names. And uh, they say it ain't Green the New York Jets have their man. Jets got themselves a great Robert Sala. Robert Sala. Talk about all gas, no break, the great one. We're not talking about effort on the field. Ooh. We're talking about the process at which we do things. Oh, I'm not going to lie to you. Hurry up, hurry up, hurry up. Keep your foot on the pedal. Base, 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 base. There's no way I'm not going to have enthusiasm on the sideline. Hey, own this rep, own this rep. The New York Jets. We can beat anybody in the world, and I think we're going to win next Sunday. Hey, what's up, Jet fans? Welcome to the latest edition of the Ain't Easy Being Green podcast, broadcasting you live from beautiful, amazing, picturesque Crystal Lake Studios in Westchester County, New York. My name is Keith Farrell. I'm joined, as always, by the number one Jet fan in the state of Texas, none other than my colleague and co-host, Michael Lagaris, everybody. Yo, what's up? I'm not in Texas. I'm in New Orleans. I'm still the number one Jeff fan in the state of in the South, you could say. <laughs> <laughs> Mike's expanding. Mike's taking the whole southern region of the country over now. Forget Texas, guys. And you know we got him in the house, the number one high school coach in the nation today. My cousin, Sammy O'Hare. Sammy, what's going on, man? Jets, let's go. Let's go, Jet Nation. I mean, guys. It took a hot minute. We had a lot going on at the beginning of the week. I was away, which is why we haven't gotten to this yet. We wanted to do a podcast on Monday. We know how hyped you are, Jet Nation. We know how hyped everybody is right now. Coming off this W after last week when all you had to hear from every single pundit you spoke with, every single pundit you listened to, everybody on television, everybody on the radio, everybody in the print media, Jets are getting their asses whooped this weekend. That's all you heard, right, boys? Okay? That's all you heard. Not how it worked out, though. Okay, gangrene showing their personality, showing the type of team we're going to be this year moving forward, making an identity which we haven't had in a very long time. We said Brees Hall went down. Will we still be able to run the ball, play defense, and take Ws? We did that this weekend against the best team in the NFL, our nemesis, the Buffalo Bills and the Hill people, 20-17, to 17, W for the New York Jets, 6-3 and three right now, fifth spot. In the AFC's playoffs, guys. In the AFC uh, playoff picture, I should say, guys. And I'm so hyped. I'm so excited. So much to talk about with the defense, with the way Zach was able to manage the game, which is all we were kind of asking for him in this game. Last week when we spoke about the game, we all thought the Jets would play well and they would play good. Defense would play good. They might lose a close one. Instead, they won a close one. Flip the script, okay? Coming off of that game that Zach had versus the Pats and where Jet Nation was emotionally to come back this week against the best team in the league with the whole plan of thinking you're taking an L and getting your asses whooped at home in front of your fans to step up like they did for Zach to play like he did for that defense to play like they did Mike the New York Jets are for real in 2022 and they showed me something this weekend that I haven't seen from this team in a long long time and that's some serious fight and some serious grit when it comes to the football field, and they took a W this weekend, man, I cannot be more excited. Oh man, yeah this this uh, this win was solid signature win. It was a signature win for Zach Wilson. It was a signature win for the entire franchise. Um, I feel I haven't felt this way about the Jets probably since 2010, where I have confidence that. It doesn't matter what Sunday, uh, who we're playing. We could beat any team. And um, I think it's about time we recognize that this defense is elite. It's elite because we have one of the best, if not the best, secondary in the league. Uh, Sauce Gardner currently is playing top three corner. You got, he's probably the, I think he is the number one PFF rated cornerback in the NFL today. Um, And then you have DJ Reed, who is also playing at a Pro Bowl level. And when you mix that with a defensive line that can rush the passer without blitzing, we have the second lowest blitz rate, I believe, in the National Football League. So you have your linebackers and safeties 
that are able to play zone coverage. And essentially, that's what happened against the Buffalo Bills. Uh, instead of blitzing, they just fa- sat back in zone and just had our defensive line go after them. And there was nobody open for Josh Allen. So I think it's time to really see the Jet defense for what it is. It's an elite unit. It's a young unit. It's exciting to see what Robert Sala has done with this team defensively. And I think that this defensive unit really can keep us within any game. And then when you go look at the offensive side of the game, you know, our offensive line, considering everything that's happened to our tackles, um, has been playing great. I mean, Nate Herbig has been unbelievable given the fact that he had gotten thrown in there at the right guard position given ABT having to play right tackle and then ABT going out and then bringing in a new right tackle and losing our left tackles. I mean, it's unbelievable, the offensive line and how it has responded. Along with the receiving core, I know Elijah Moore hasn't been really playing the way we wish him to play. I do did see the fact that they will be moving him to the slot after the bye. I hope that does wonders for him because yeah. we know he can play. But Garrett Wilson has been unbelievable. I think he's ranked top two in many people's rankings uh, as far as a rookie and what we've been seeing from him. Um, so offensively, from a receiver perspective, you know, it looks great. And then the running back, obviously we have Brees Hall. He went out, but still... I thought the running backs responded really well, but it's all, again, it comes down to what we've always said about our quarterback. And last week, our quarterback was under the fire. He plays in New York. He has a gun to his head at every moment. We know this. He played really poorly. And Keith and I came on here last week. And while the world was torching this kid, we said, hold He had a bad game. We understand. We have to see more. But we understand that this kid is really talented. And he has the right moxie. And he has the right attitude. Okay? And hopefully he can learn from it. And let me tell you something. I saw this young kid up against the best defense in the NFL. Well, maybe not now. Now the Jets are probably the best defense in the NFL. But I saw him up against the Buffalo Bill defense. Stepping up in the pocket making quick decisions, completed 72% of his passes, the most, the highest completion percentage in his entire career, his ability to make decisions during the game, pushing the offense, everything we asked for. I was so proud of his response and it gave me confidence. It gives me confidence that number one that this media market and where he plays isn't too big for him and two that he can learn from his mistakes and capitalize on that talent I really like where the Jets are and I am super elated and excited because I really think we've got something special going on there in Florham Park Mike I like what you said there and I want to ask Sammy about this The, the ability to bounce back or to kind of shut out all the haters is a skill that you need wherever it is you're playing as a professional athlete. But there is certain locations in this country it's more important than others. Eli Manning, I think, thrived in New York because he didn't really let anything bother him. In a game, it didn't seem like much bothered him. And then outside that, when people would criticize him or the team, nothing bothered him. He was unflappable. He had a bad game one week, come back the next week, and he would play well. Zach Wilson had a horrible game versus the Pats. I know we threw for a lot of yards, guys, but we all know how the game turned out. Sammy, last week versus the Bills, that was his highest quarterback rating, 101, of his entire career. I know we just had the one touchdown. I know we just had 154 yards. But coming off last week, Sammy, into this game, I think a lot of people were kind of forecasting doom and a disaster for the Jets, how they thought the game would work out. Instead, Zach bounced back with probably his most, definitely his most efficient performance of this year, maybe his most efficient performance as a quarterback in the past two years, and it was in the biggest moment, Sammy. So when it comes to the Jet team and how they were able to operate this week, and I know he didn't blow you away with the numbers, but did you like what you see here from Zach Wilson, Sammy, especially considering the context of the offensive line issues and the fact that they were playing the Buffalo Bills? 
Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you kind of put it, set it up perfectly there, right? So Zach Wilson's ability to stay mentally tough in the New York market. You look at a guy, I'm a Yankee fan, right, people? So you look at like Java the Hutt Chamberlain who came to New York with all this hype and then sort of the media just slowly collapsed his entire being. Um, New York's a tough market. So to see Zach Wilson come out against the team that's the number one defense and have what do you, I think it was either 73 or 79% of his passes completed, um, his highest QB rating that he's had thus far in his career. So to see that response is very telling. And speaking of how you respond, I want to go back to the defense a little bit. So since week three, the defense is fourth in points per drive allowed, which is a 1.47, okay? And they're third in red zone possessions allowed per game at under two and a half, 2.4. Tremendous. So that's, that's a tremendous, you struggle the first two weeks and they figured something out over there. And it looks like Salah's rotation of the defensive linemen that we've been critical about pays off because those guys are super fresh against really tired offensive linemen. And you could see towards the end of the game, we're really, we were killing Josh Allen. That's a good um, point. That's a good a, point. A huge part of that is because our guys are 50% fresher than their guys in the second half. And now if you look back at the whole season, we've won games in the second half. Maybe that's why. Maybe that's why. Because yeah, maybe we sit in a little bit more zone and because our front four is way fresher. Um, yeah. And to bring up Wilson, just to throw a crazy stat at you, I know it's only a two-week window parameter against Patriots and Bills, which, again, good defenses with good cornerbacks. But the only receivers to have averaged more yards per route run than Garrett Wilson over those two weeks are Tyreek Hill, A.J. Brown, Stephen Diggs, Jalen Waddell, and Cooper Cup. Wow. Okay? So those are superstar names over the past two weeks that he's right underneath in total yards per run. So if Zach, now the most important thing now I'm looking for with Zach is can he then do it again, right? So can he have the same consistency next week that puts us in a good position to come out with the win? Um, And if he can respond and then be consistent again, um, that's a whole nother, then we're having a whole different conversation in two weeks. Yeah, you know what else is something, Sammy? Those are all great points, Sammy. I think another thing, this weekend that really helped us out big time with Zach guys is you saw in the Patriot game, a lot of times he would extend a play and run laterally left and right and get nothing done with the ball. And Mike has a lot of data that we saw last week that when Zach holds onto the ball for more than three seconds, it's kind of disastrous when he gets rid of the ball in those first three seconds. He's one of the elite quarterbacks in the league. Very striking statistic, which Mike threw out all of us this week, not only did he get rid of the ball efficiently, and very quickly, 18 for 25, like you guys said, 72%. He also extended plays with his legs. Now, he only had 24 yards rushing, guys, but those five rushes, two of those were for first downs. So, I mean, he was even extending drives in, in, along those lines. And when we talk about come fighting back, man, like the Jets went down 7 nothing. We got a field goal. Then we went down 14-3. to And at that moment, it seemed like, right, the train could go off the tracks right there. Historically, we were mentally prepared. Jet fans, uh, we're down 14 to three. This is what Buffalo does to teams, but that's not what happens. I mean, the team actually fought back. It's 14 10. You know, they kind of turn the tables there. They go up 17 14. And then even when they tie the game up 17 17, Buffalo, another time, they could have wilted. They didn't. They go down, they get a drive, they get a field goal, man. They end up playing great defense at the end of the game to win the game. I mean, the offense wasn't the star of the show here. But if a defense is going to play like it did this weekend and be that good, you're going to only need 20 points, 23 points to win these games because that's how good they're playing. I mean, we didn't think the Jets could win the game if they didn't score over 20 points. I think I said that last week, guys. We were all talking about that because in my mind, while the the Bills average about 30, you know they're going to score more than 20. The Jets actually held them to 17, which is tremendous. You look on the season, guys, the Buffalo Bills coming in with the number one offense in the league, averaging about 425 yards a game. Only 317 this week versus the Jets. And you look at the second half. Guys, in the second half of this game, now we know Josh Allen and Mike is, guys, if you don't think Mike is loving the fact that Josh Allen just had his worst game in years versus the Jets, then you have not been listening to ABG. Because Mike is loving life right now, okay? The second half of that game, only 47 yards in offense for Josh Allen in the second half. 
He was 5 for 12 passing, only 25 rushing yards. They sacked him four times. I mean, what Sammy was alluding to a moment ago was something, and I got to be honest about it, was something we criticized last year because it didn't seem to work because our defense stunk. Mike, they, we criticized it a little this year at the beginning of the year, too, was that defensive line rotation, okay? And it does seem like in the second half, though, the proof from the pudding here, some of these other games, it seems like the second half's kind of when we're coming back on guys. Bryce Huff is the reason they went ahead and traded Jacob Markin. He had a sack this week. Jermaine Johnson, the sack he had on Allen was a play where Allen was scrambling and might have ran 15, 20 yards. Instead, the kid sacks him for a two-yard Legend. loss. I mean, Mike, I know you know the play I'm talking about. Oh, yeah. Um, I mean, what a, what a play by the kid. Across the board here, th- these defensive numbers are tremendous. A 16 rating for Josh Allen in the second half. And I think, Mike, a lot of this has to do with the fact that, and you alluded to it, and so did Sammy, they're only rushing four guys. But if you only rush four guys and your other seven can't cover, it doesn't matter, right? Who gives a shit? But what's happening is that we're locking dudes down. We're going to get into some of these cornerback numbers in a minute. Before I do that, Mike, just getting back to the defensive line, this rotation Salah's been using, it does seem like right now it's bearing some fruit, doesn't it, Mike? Yeah, uh, if you look at Josh Allen's numbers, he was 18 for 34, 52.9% completion percentage, 205 yards, no touchdowns, two ints, with a QB rating of 46.8. And we were shitting on Zach Wilson last week against the Patriots, and actually Zach Wilson had a better quarterback rating than what Josh yes. Allen did against our defense. I mean, <laughs> I, I'm just being completely real. And the fact is, is Josh Allen, look – Many of you are going to say I'm a hater, and I know I don't like the Bills. I'll be <laughs> frank. Look, I don't. I hate the Bills. But I've always been a suspect of Josh Allen because he did come out of Colorado. He he had you know he's got that crazy, ridiculous mustache, you know. And you look at him, you're like, what what the hell is going on here? Um, and he was mad inaccurate and i just i don't know i was just mad suspect of him and and yes he's come and he's sick and he throws these sick balls and everything but i've been trying to tell you guys like he is a ridiculous athlete he can run and it makes defenses just shook off their pants because they don't know what to do with somebody like this and his arm is wicked he can throw billions of miles down the the, the sideline but if you ask Josh Allen to become Aaron Rodgers and carve up a defense and understand and read coverages and be accurate and be able to know precisely how to and when to hit he's not that guy and I've been telling you all this for a minute he's not that good at that stuff He's an athlete. He's got a rocket arm. He's got great weapons. He he capitalizes on that stuff. He's not a bad. I'm not. I'm not saying he's a bad quarterback, but he's not elite passer. He's not an elite passer like as a quarterback that can break defenses down like a Aaron Rodgers was. Okay, he's not. And I've been saying it. And Sauce Gardner just proved me right because he couldn't do he couldn't do anything. Okay. He couldn't do anything. He hits it. He couldn't. He didn't have his first breed. You know what he did? His two touchdowns he had, he ran the ball. And that's what he is. And guess what, guys? That's not going to last forever, son. You just got your UCL ripped up. You know what I'm saying? Because you're just trying to bully yourself. You keep trying to be like that, you're going to get your knees torn up and your back broken. You're not going to be able to survive in this league. Just ask Cam Newton. Yeah, exactly. Look at Cam Newton. I mean, that's what he is. He's like the white Cam Newton. I'm being real. I'm not trying to be racist or anything. I mean, he is very much like Cam Newton. No, yeah. Mike, they have the same, literally the same exact body type and the same way of playing. It's not, yeah. it's, a, it's a, it's a, there's not a lot of guys in the history of football you can even compare to Cam Newton physically. Yeah. Josh Allen happens to be one of them. I think yeah. it's a pretty accurate comparison, to be honest. Yeah. Yeah. And when you look at the way the defense played, Mike, JFM, five pressures on the day, two QB hits. I thought he had a great game, even though I don't think he got to the quarterback. The second interception on the season for Whitehead, great play by him, too. He picked this game up big time since the beginning of the year. Quentin Williams, Mike, got the one sack, seven sacks now for our boy Q, who's just an absolute monstrosity in the middle of the field. And he's just a problem for teams. He's playing on a level he has never played at in his career, Mike. The seven sacks... 
lead all defensive tackles in the league right now, guys. Number one for defensive tackles with seven sacks. On pace right now for 14 sacks this year and 62 tackles. Is he, the, is he defensive player of the year right now? I think he's in the conversation. But the, the other thing that you have to be honest about, or I guess we have to come to terms with here, is we've been talking about it. We've been saying it. We've been kind of intimating the fact that, hey, we think Sauce Gardner might be in the Pro Bowl as a rookie. Forget about that. Forget about that. He's an all-pro as a rookie. This this kid, I don't know. I don't. I might sound nuts, Michael, but he's changed the entire defense. If you've seen what Darrell Rivas said, what Rich Samini, that article he had this week on ESPN.com was absolutely tremendous. Everybody, every Jet fan should read that. We know we all love Darrell. Darrell was 5'11". Darrell was 205, 210. One of the great, well, instinctually knew the position and the scheme better than anyone. But Sauce is 6'3", running like a 4'29". He is taking the attributes that we joked around about it last week, but we'll say it again. Kind of the physical attributes Antonio Cromartie had when he played with Revis, and then putting him in Revis's body when it comes to the game IQ. Mike, he's the number one ranked cornerback on pro football focus right now. Sauce Gardner with an 86 rating. That's so crazy. DJ Reed is number five right now with a 77 rating. There is no question, no debate. No one can say nothing to us. We have the best cornerback tandem in the NFL. Can we? Can you, I? You can't talk about it. And Michael, can I just throw one stat, Sammy, before you say that? Yeah. And when you throw MC2 in, Michael Carter, the second, Sammy, the nickelback, since week four, New York Jets, those three corners right there since week four, are number one in the NFL at passes defended. They're number one at quarterback passer rating at a 60. Number one. In interceptions, the Jets secondary guys, number two in yards per pass, and number two in TDs allowed. They're only allowing a 59% completion percentage. Our secondary has torn it up this weekend. 13 targets to our secondary on those three guys. Only six catches on the whole day. After that big catch by Diggs at the beginning, I know that looked bad for Sauce. After that, nothing. Nothing. Could do nothing on our secondary after that, guys. So yep. not only is the defensive line looking tremendous, the secondary, Sammy, has looked like a revelation with Sauce, but also kind of lost in the mix here has been DJ Reed, who's almost playing as good as Sauce is playing, Sammy. Yeah, no. And so I was scrolling through the internet today and I came across this thing of Sauce. And it was talking about the receivers that he's played man coverage against. I'm going to just read you guys this list and then tell you how many catches and yards he's allowed when he's played man against these dudes. All right. Amari Cooper, Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, Deontay Johnson, Tyree Kill, Jalen Waddle, Corlin Sutton, Stevan Diggs, Jerry Judy, Gabe Davis. So he's played man coverage against that whole list of guys. He's given up four catches for 28 yards. Wow. In man that's coverage. how you end up number one on that's that how you end up number one on PFF. Man. That's Revis type stuff. That's, I mean, that's ridiculous, right? So what you just said is we have the number one defensive tackle, we have the number one corner, we have the number well, wait, number wait, five wait, wait. corner. But Sammy, can I ask a second? Yeah. What about the Eagles? Darius Slay. Darius Slay and and uh and I'm forgetting their second. Do because that that's the one cornerback duo that you could be because ta- I don't think Sauce. I mean, do we think Sauce is better than Darius Slay? I, I mean, right now he is. And I, I Mike, I don't think through nine games, I must. Darius Slay has a resume built up already, but through nine games of this season, he's played right. better. Doesn't mean he's a better player. Right. Darius Slay has been doing it for a while. Right. Sauce has only played nine games, yeah. Mike. But the proof is in the pudding. And he, Mike, Sauce has the most passes defended in the NFL. He's his yeah. ball hawk rate, Michael, which is. Your defense against the nearest guy near you, you might not even be covering it. Or it might just be zone. Okay, 25% of the time he's shutting people down. That's third in the league. 47% completion rate against this kid. Right. I mean, you go through the stats, Michael, it's just three times already been testy. It's so hard to believe it, Keith. Listen, like, it's I, like he's a rookie. Like, I was, what the hell? Guys, <laughs> and I was watching him when he was manned up on Diggs this week. And Diggs, we know, is a problem for, like, a lot of people. And we've seen him, even against the best corners, just shred them up. He was – I don't think he had a single catch in the second half. I'm, correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm pretty sure he only had one catch, if that, in the whole in the second half of that football game. Yeah. Not he was me. on lockdown the entire – except for that one play, the first play of the game on offense for Buffalo. Yeah. Quiet. 
Yeah, and you look at uh, some of these receivers we've gone up against. Sammy mentioned some of them. Jamar Chase only had six catches, 29 yards against us. Hill and Waddle, the guy's just tearing the whole NFL up. 10 catches for 70 yards against us the first time. Now I know they had a backup quarterback, and I'm just saying they couldn't get really nothing done. And then Diggs, um, I know he had 93 yards, but I think 45 of those were on that one catch and then didn't too much, didn't do too much after that, like Sammy said. Guys, Sauce is killing it. And the, the kid's going to be in the Pro Bowl, we know that. Maybe even be an All-Pro as a rookie, which would just be absolutely amazing. The New York Jets have won the Pepsi Rookie of the Week for six weeks in a row. Just, just let that, let that just sink in. Let it just sink in. I know Brees Hall's gone, guys. I know we're not going to have him back for this year. But we have won the Rookie of the Week six weeks running. Six weeks in a row. Just, to, I mean, Hall's won it. Wilson's won it. Sauce is winning it. And when you go through why we're having so much success this year, and you look at this draft, I mean, Sauce could be an all-pro. Garrett Wilson's looking like a real number one wide receiver. Johnson has two and a half sacks. Guys, he's only been on the field for like 100 snaps. You know, in context, that kid's playing great. And also, you guys know all the Jet fans that read all the blogs know, he might be our best run defender on the defensive line, Johnson. Which is what me and Mike said when we drafted him. We knew he was really good at that in college. We didn't know how he'd do with the sack totals. Already has two and a half sacks. He's our best guy on the line. He gets the run. Brees Hall, we know, is killing him. Michael Clements, a fan favorite because of his demeanor, also playing well. Max Mitchell playing well. I mean, these rookies have excelled. And this weekend, I just, I mean, the way that the team came together and bounced back against the most hated team you could possibly imagine, guys. The rookies had a lot to do with it, but we got to give the coaches uh, a lot of credit here, too, man. We we were critical at the beginning of the year with Salah, with some of the lack of adjustments in the second half, Mike. But it seems like since that third or fourth game, they've made a lot of adjustments in the second half. And it seems like, for some reason, the New York Jets have been thriving in the second half of these games uh, where we seem like a really good second half team now. I don't know what that's about, but I know Zach Wilson is 5-1. and one. All right, last week had a little hiccup. We said to you all, man, if you can go out there and just game manage, we hate that word, we hate that phrase, but if you can go out there and not kill us, we're going to be in games every single week. And that's exactly what he did last week. You know, and I mean, the way that everybody played, I mean, it was a total team win, but, you know, I think everyone played well. And I was looking at the roster today, Mike. I read an article, kind of the how Joe Douglas has put this team together. And, dudes, there's only four players left from 2019. C.J. Mosley, Quinnen Williams, Nathan Shepard, surprisingly enough. We thought it would be on the chopping block. And then Hennessy, our long snapper. So everybody else on the roster, he's drafted or traded for in the past three years. He deserves a lot of credit here, too, Joe Douglas, because... I know he was kind of uh, looked at as we all like Joe Douglas. He seems like he's making the right moves, but we need to see it on paper when some of these wins to be, need, need to materialize. And I think some of his moves this year has been great. I think some of his free agent acquisition, even the under-the-radar ones, guys, like last year, Quincy Williams. This year, Nate Herbig, who Mike mentioned before, 340 pounds, 24 years old. We got him as a good depth guy. We've had all these injuries. Probably our best offensive lineman. I didn't see the grades for the game. But he was a machine this weekend. Well, he had a ton of great blocks this weekend. I think uh, I think Joe Douglas, Mike, is someone that, I mean, he's not going to take a victory lap just yet, but looks like the money we invested in him and his decision-making is starting to pay off right now, Mike. Yeah, man, he's, I think, definitely you can put him into the running for executive of the year, but what you were saying before, Coach Sala. Coach Sala. I mean, um, we were all killing him. I was even saying stuff about his cliches and starting to get on his BS. And uh, this guy, you know, with the sharks in the water, smelling the blood, you know, he got up on national television in front of the world and was just like, we're better than this. And we're taking receipts. Essentially, we're, we're, we're hearing what you're saying and you're going to see what the deal is. And he put himself out there, but he believed in his team and his and his team responded. And um I think Robert Sala is coach of the year right now. I mean, I don't know another coach you can actually say is doing a better job with given the, the situation. I mean, he lost his franchise left tackle in the preseason. He went, he lost all his backup tackles and then his best weapon offensively. And, and he still got these guys at six and three and believing and believing. Okay. 
And when you are someone that is able to motivate humans to meet milestones and execute, that has a lot to say about who you are, your vision, your plan, and people buying into that plan. And I am very elated about Robert Sala. I am. We all. I think we all knew what Joe Douglas was, what he could do, and and guys. We're in 2022. We are in year three of a you know brand new rebuild, and this team is about to make the playoffs. Guys, they're gonna go play the Patriots next week. I think we're taking a W. I think it, and I know it. Okay, because because I know that Robert Sala is gonna have this team completely fired up, and they're better than them. Zach Wilson is better than McCorkle. McCorkle's like powdered milk. I've always said it. I don't think he's anything special. And I think they're better than the Patriots. I think we're going to go up and we're going to win. Then we're going to play the Bears. The Bears, to me, you know, I see fields running all over the place. You know, the Dolphins really have a trash defense, in my opinion. And, you know, everyone's going to be all over field because they all love fields. The media does. I'm not afraid of the Bears. I think the Jets W that one, too. The Vikings against Captain Kirk. They're they're six and one, but they feel like such a whack six and one. They barely won games. I mean, they're you know Dalvin Cook is not playing up to Dalvin Cook's speed. You know, I know Justin Jefferson's the best receiver in the NFL. Understood, but whatever. We may take an L. Then we have to go play the Bills again, right? Then we play the Lions, the Jaguars, okay, and then the Seahawks against Geno. And you're telling me we, we all we need, Sammy and Keith, we need four wins. And we're at ten wins, guys. That's what the Jets have done. They gotta go four and four and they make the playoffs. We're making the playoffs. I think I, I feel very confident that I could we could beat any of these teams. I'm not afraid of the Jaguars. I'm not afraid of the Dolphins. Yeah, the Dolphins have great receivers, but we got the best corners in the league. Go ahead, Tua. Do what you gotta do, man. We'll have him throwing gang signs up again. I'm not afraid of Tua. I'm not afraid of Gino. I'm not afraid of any of these cats. You know why? Because this young ass team, the youngest team in the NFL, is just showing anybody we could beat anybody. And that's what they believe. That's what these guys in the locker room believe. Okay? And that's what Robert Solid. So to your point, what you said, Joe Douglas, tremendous job. Everything he's done there. You know, having the team, believing in the team, getting talent for the team to be able to, and then he got his coach, and then his coach, and and Zach Wilson to me is only going to continue to get better. The kid, you could say what you want about him, about his fifty-seven percent completion percentage. You could say the kid responds, and I've seen already this season he has done much better than he does last year, and I I do think that that is going to get to a place that I'm not saying he's going to be some great quarterback, but I definitely think he can hold hold it down. You know what I'm saying? That's where I'm at. Yeah, I mean, and he's 5-1, and one, so if you keep winning, then you're going to keep rolling and people are going to kind of overlook some of the small things they want you to improve on. Even in this game, Mike, he had the one sack when he fumbled, they got the ball back Buffalo. There's, there's room to improve for Zach, uh, but I think if he can keep the train rolling here and just be smart with the football, like he was most of this year so far, uh, we want to see the statistics improve, but if the way the Jets win is running the ball and playing defense, I don't think Jet fans care. We just want to see the team win. I mean, to be honest, that's all we really care about. And when you look at last season, guys, the three teams that made the wild card spots in the AFC had were ten and seven, nine and seven, and ten and seven. That was the Raiders, the Pats, and the Steelers. In the NFC, the three wild card teams were eleven and six, ten and seven, and nine and eight. So you got to get around that 9 to 11 win mark to make the playoffs in this 17 game season nowadays. We're 6 and 3. So what Mike's saying here, yeah, we just go 4 and 4 down the stretch here. That's a 10 and 7 record. There's a good chance we're making the playoffs. That looks like if you look like on if you look on paper at least right now as some of these teams we're going to play, that looks likely to happen. I mean, there's a chance we could have 11 or 12 wins going into the playoffs here. I'm not saying we're going to have a home game, but what I'll say is this, they the the Bills are 6 and 2. The Jets just exposed some of the cracks in this team with the Bills, which is, look, if you can rush four and actually get your secondary to hold it down behind Josh Allen and make him sit there, maybe he's not as good as people think. Maybe that's a way to get to the Bills. I mean, the team, I still think 
The Bills have the most complete team in the league on paper. They don't really have any weaknesses, but the Jets found a way to get a W first them this weekend. Yeah. I think they can easily finish here with 11 wins, maybe 12 wins. Sammy, looking at it now, six and three, you looked at the schedule, all right? I don't want to get too nuts here. I think they can beat the Pats. You know, I think they could beat the Vikings, just like Mike said. This you know, Mike hate on Dalvin Cook, who has 608 yards, still on pace for a beast season. I think that was a shot at my fantasy team. It's fine, Mike. But I'll say that when it comes to the Jets and the, and the record that we have now, that's why the 6-3, the, the and three, even Robert Salah said it, guys. I don't think even the most optimistic Jet fan saw 6-3. and three. Hold, hold on, Keith. Remember that show we did preseason when I said the Jets would win 11 games? And I, know, I was but... scoffed at and ridiculed <laughs> and laughed at? You're crazy? How could you think that? And now we're sitting here talking about the realistic pop. Listen, who could be crazy enough? Me, your boy, your fam. Said it <laughs> months ago. Yeah, but you can't, I you told can't, you this team was going to win 11 games. Me, you didn't say that you. with any type of information behind it that you thought it was real. You said it with just a hope and a prayer. But don't try to come on here now and act like, oh like yo, we're I so have, good. Yo, no one saw this. No I one saw so, this. So, man, I have a bet Besides on the point, DraftKings Sammy, that think, says otherwise. Let me ask you a question, Sammy. So they're 6-3. and three. With the schedule left, with the eight games left, Sammy, do you think 11 wins is a possibility, or are we just getting nuts? Oh, no, I think it's, it's tremendous. First of all, we know back in going forward, Seahawks defense is terrible. Lions defense is terrible. Right, so you're ending the season on horrible defenses, which is yeah. great. And Jacksonville's nothing special either, right? So, because um, they're a team that they figured it out with Etienne Jr., but they've got a lot of issues there. You play the Bills again, I, I, I'm hard pressed to think that that game goes the same way this one does, but you never know. Yeah, sure. I, I'm with Mike. I think you 100% beat the Patriots. I'm not afraid of the Bears at all. And that's five games right there. Right, so um, I think it's tremendously realistic. You know, I think the team's good enough. I think, despite the negatives on the offensive line, for some they've still figured it out. They had oh, 170 yards right on the ground. They're for some reason in a league where passing and elite, high-numbered quarterbacks is the kind of model, and you've been able to successfully go old-school 2000s football and just play really excellent defense and run the ball almost exclusively, but proficiently. Um, and, and now you're six and three against some of the better quarterbacks and offenses in the league. And people trash on the Steelers, right? But then the next week, the Steelers go out and beat the Tampa Bay Bucks, and no one says a word, but the Jets beat them. And it's like, oh, well, they beat you exactly. know, Pickett and Pickens. And you're like, wait a minute, didn't they just beat Tom Brady though? Like timeout, right? Um, I don't care who's throwing the ball. The next week, Tyreek Hill had like 160 yards with uh, what's his name back there, yep. right? Yep. So you're, you still have to stop the other 10 guys playing football. Um, and the Jets out of this nine weeks that were supposed to be, you know, two and uh, six, right? Two and seven, we're six and three with a very <laughs> realistic possibility that we have anywhere from 10 to 12 wins. Yeah, no, I mean, I agree with you, bro. And when you look at... It's funny the way you said that, Sammy, because we were talking about that during the year when it's like when the Jets beat a team that maybe has an injury or something happens to a quarterback or any other thing, there's always an excuse. But the reason is because of our past history. We haven't proven it yet. But I don't think no one can say anything now after this Bills win. No one can talk about backup quarterbacks. No one can talk about any of that stuff. Because coming into this year, um, I know a lot of people that thought the Browns would be improved and maybe hold the fourth down until Watson got back because of that defense. I know a lot of people liked the Steelers, you know, and some other young players, guys. There were a lot of Raiders. A lot of Raiders fans. I know, guys, Green Bay, I'm just going through the teams that we beat. Green Bay, Denver Broncos, um, Buffalo. These are all teams that before the year started, people were loving, right? And then we beat them in every excuse in the goddamn world, you know? Um, I don't know. Just tremendous, guys. I just, I'm so stoked coming off last week. I mean, I don't even know what to say. All we're going to cover this week is Bills because next week we'll do a little preview here for the Patriots. We know we've got a bot coming up. Mike, we're going to have a little hype video for these fools next week also, too. A little mid-season hype video, which you know Mike's the master of. All right, I might be laying out some tracks on that next week, guys. Oh, here we are, 6-3, and three, and I think it is realistic that we can get to 11 wins. Like Mike said, we're looking at New England, Chicago, Minnesota, Buffalo, Detroit, Jacksonville, Seattle, Miami. 
I mean, you look at it on paper, we just beat the Bills. So, like Sammy said, do you think you're going to go whoop them again in Buffalo? And, Who and, knows? And then the other thing, and there's two things also to remember. When we beat the Bills, we were down 14-3. to yes. This team came back. This team was against it. And they went up and over the challenge. So that just goes to show you, again, the mentality of this team. And also, guys, Zach, you know... We said he struggled, but you guys know that he's played up against the best defenses in the NFL to start the season coming off injury. You guys, everyone understand that? Because the second half, he doesn't play up against elite defenses. Okay? So I expect definitely his second half numbers to 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 look much better than his first half. Okay? That's a good point. That's a good point, Mike. Because you go through the defenses Zach's gone through. Now, his record is good. I know people, and even me last week, was saying, look, the statistics haven't been there touchdown-wise, output-wise, but we're 5-1. and one. The, the the Denver Broncos might have the best defense in the league. Green Bay Packers maybe had right. the best defense last year. The Bills have one of the best defenses. New England has one of the best defenses. He hasn't played it. Miami's defense is pretty good. So he hasn't even played a team yet that just has some garbage defense he can light up. Now, you want your quarterback to light up any defense he plays. I get it. But when you look at the defenses we played, and then you look at the context of the offensive line injuries, the injuries to Brees Hall, we we're keep constantly every week. One of the reasons Robert Salah deserves some votes for Coach of the Year, we keep having to figure it out because we keep getting new injuries. Rankin's out now, four to six weeks, guys, starting defensive tackle. That's going to be something they got to figure out now, too. But they keep adjusting. They keep figuring it out. Um, I think that... Zach's has been put in kind of a tough situation with the defenses he's gone against. But to Mike's point, Chicago, Minnesota, Detroit, Jacksonville, Seattle. I mean, these are not, those are not good defenses. I mean, the second half of the year, you're looking at Buffalo and then maybe that Miami game, the end of the year, the only tough defense he's going to go up against. So to see him last week in that game versus that defense in that context, coming off that Pats game, see him and the team play the way they played guys. I mean, those are the signs you want to see when you want to change a narrative, when you want to get people to give the Jets the benefit of the doubt, right? Instead of coming up with excuses always when the Jets wins, why are they one butts? Yeah, the Jets won, but this guy was playing quarterback. Yeah, the Jets won, but blah, 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 blah. That goes out the window when you prove you're legit. When the Bills win against a backup quarterback, no one says the Bills won, oh, but a backup quarterback. They just go, the Bills won, right? Because they've established themselves. And that's what the Jets are on pace to do here. No longer everybody, all these pundits across the league, Stephen A. Smith, Mike, we've seen a ton of them, have had to come back and say, you know what? The Jets are good. The, Jet, the Jets on Sports Illustrated are in the top 10 in the power rankings now. The number eight. ESPN, the number eight. CBS, the number 14. You know, the number 11. They're a good um, team, man. Report. So They're there's good no team. way around it anymore. It's no, <clears throat> even with the injury to Brees Hall, and we thought that was going to be, uh, obviously it's a hindrance, but they've kind of established an identity here. Right, which we haven't had in forever. We had no identity with Adam Gase at all. We had no identity really with Todd Bowles. I know we wanted to be a defensive team, but the year we would go with Fitzpatrick, our defense wasn't that great. It was pretty much Fitzpatrick on the offense that got things done. So we haven't had an identity for our team, meaning here's what the Jets do well. You know what they're going to do in these situations, and you still can't stop it. There was, a, there was a drive last week in the fourth quarter, guys, where they went down they to get that field it. goal. They ran the ball 12 plays out of 13 plays because they, they kept working. It. Nate Herbig's throwing dudes across the field. They just kept running and kept running and kept running. And then when he needed to, a big pass by Zach to Mintz. Big pass oh, by we Zach haven't even talked Denzel. We haven't even talked Denzel. Yeah, who had, had a he keeps having one catch a game, and the one catch keeps being very important. He had he had a couple plays he could have made in this game, guys. I think Zach could have put the ball on him a little bit better. It seems like they're trying to utilize him. There was a bomb down the sideline at the beginning of the game. He almost caught Mike, almost made a great play on. I thought I think Denzel Mims and he's out there. I know he's out there a lot. We read because he is a good blocker. He's a big physical player, but now he's actually making the plays on the field too. Elijah Moore wasn't utilized too much last week, but uh, it seems like this week he's going to be in the slot. Maybe they're going to have Mims outside more. What do you think about kind of a small mini resurgence of our boy Denzel Mims? Like, so our boy Denzel, a fan of the podcast we we did interview him a while ago and said he did admit he said i do want to be a number one wide receiver every receiver wants to be a number one wide receiver so why not me and um you know we 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 believed in him and you know he 
he uh, asked for a trade quietly, respectfully, because they weren't even playing him. You know, who could fault him on that? Um, but he kind of bit his time. Corey Davis got hurt. Elijah Moore went kind of crazy. And then all of a sudden he's just in there and he's a great blocker. And now he's part of the game plan. And it's awesome to see it. And I, I hope he continues to thrive. I thought that first play on the three and out in the beginning against the Bills um, was really good because it put the safeties um, on their heels and they knew they they had to kind of be aware that Zach could throw it downfield and Mims almost had that that ball, man. So um, I feel like he has untapped potential. I've always been a Denzel fan from the from the very beginning because I love yeah. his side and his, and his speed and um I really hope things work out with him. I love it that he's had a good attitude. And, um, you know, just after the whole thing with Elijah Moore and seeing what that can be, you know, having young kids who have put their head down and go to work and, and, and bring that value uh, and that maturity, I, I res- you respect it a lot. So I'm, I'm really hoping for the best. And I hope, you know, it'd be nice that Corey Davis kind of walks out you know, at the end of the season, and then we get a, uh, and then we get um, uh, 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 Mims to take his place. We and uh, Keith, we have a question from uh, one of our fans, Adrian. He says, "Strebler and some Wildcat." Oh, I lo- look when they when they when they. Bo- I'll tell you what, it was it was against second and third stringers in the preseason, but Strebler is athletic and he's got some size on him, and when you have a quarterback that can run the ball, like. Remember when, um, Mike, remember when the Dolphins would run with Ronnie Brown? Ronnie Brown. They'd run that Wildcat. They had every quarterback got hurt, so they came out and just ran wild. Like, even though you knew it was coming, it's still kind of tricky. Sammy, you watch college football, you'll see, like, a wishbone offense like Navy runs, and you kind of know what they're going to do, but it's still hard because there is a few options there on the play. I don't think that's the worst idea in the world, but this is the thing. If Zach's going to actually use his legs a little bit, which he did last week, and he is athletic, Zach. I'm not saying he's not as big as Streveler, and I don't think Streveler you saw in the preseason, guys, he was running into dudes. Like, he has no problem with the contact. I don't really want Zach doing that. But I think there's a, there's a there should be maybe a couple plays a game. Maybe you get, like, a Taysom Hill situation, Mike. Just create some other wrinkle in the offense. The only problem being is this. If you pop Streveler in and say Zach starts to struggle, you're going oh to get some Streveler chance. Oh They're going to want the Reveler in. I can see, I can see it happening already, Mike. What do you think about that? What do you think about that, Sammy? When it comes to Chris the Reveler, Streveler, preseason legend. Me and you saw him play live, kill it right in front of us. Actually, passed the ball pretty well in the preseason. What do you think about him getting involved in the offense at all? I love it. I mean, like like you said, you'll get some of the chance, but I love the idea because it's hard to defend against when you have multiple options and the quarterback's good enough to run it. Uh, so it just gives you that added layer, right? Like sometimes you find yourself struggling in the red zone. Maybe you get a turnover in the red zone. That's a perfect time, like, when Sauce gets that pick, right, last week. If you have that play built in, you have so much momentum, you're like, let's throw this play in. Maybe we get a touchdown right quick on this. Yeah. Um, And just to circle back, too, to Denzel Mims, I hope, like, part of me hopes that the competitive person in him, like, inside of his lizard brain was like, Eli Moore's gone crazy and Corey Davis is gone. I have a real shot here to do something. Yeah. Right? And realistically, what is this? Is He's caught two passes, so Zach Wilson's thrown him the ball in two years five times, you know. Um, So let them build kind of a rapport. Maybe we might see him potentially. He had that big play two weeks ago. We could see an explosion from him if Davis is still out and Mims still gets these kind of looks. Yeah, I would love for him to fill that role that Dave, I mean, obviously Davis was a target that Garrett, uh, that Zach Wilson loved, threw the ball to him a lot. Davis, Davis more reliable probably than Denzel Mims. It'd be great to see him fill that role, though. He's a little bit bigger than Corey Davis, and I think he's a lot faster than Corey Davis, too. Corey Davis is that vet that, you know, Zach can rely on every single week. Guys, this has just been, this has been a tremendous week. Our chats, everyone talking to other Jet fans are on cloud nine. Now, I had to watch the game. I went away last weekend for the wife's birthday. I had to watch the game in the car pulling up to a hotel the final two minutes of the game with the Jets scoring, screaming in the parking lot of a Radisson Hotel up in Salem, Massachusetts. Um, guys, I was so hyped. I know, Sammy, you were there. You had a blast. Mike, 
were you in Texas watching the game? I'm sure you're watching the game. Home yeah. No, and you know, I, I respect what you did. And wifey has to know that you love her because for you to not watch the Bills game, not go there and to, you know, commit your time to her, that, I mean, I know what that takes. You know what I'm saying? Like, when you see like some fringe cats like i don't want to say his name but he's out like at a barbecue and the jet game's on and you're like you know, we're talking about the most miserable jet fan and we're like and i'm like you're at a fucking barbecue you know, the jets are on right now like what and he's like oh yeah like i can't that doesn't compute no. with me you know what i'm saying like so I know how much you love the wife, and I, I, I'm sure she's very appreciative. That. Well, yeah, and she knows she knows how much the Jets mean to me. Sammy, I told Sammy it was months ago. I was like, dude, I'm probably going to have to miss that Buffalo game. I, two months ago, I was already talking about how much it was bothering me. Um, but you got to do what you got to do. It's 40th birthday for the wife. I figure, <laughs> Mike, I put this one in now, and I build up some serious football credit for the future. <laughs> yeah. Now, when I was, I've actually, in the past, guys, I've cost, I cost myself an entire relationship. Michael, I don't know, this is, me and Mike met maybe almost 20 years ago, but when me and Mike met, I had just broken up with a girl, and so had Michael. That girl, Mike, if you remember, that I just broke up with, one of the reasons why, you might not remember this, was because when the Jets played the Chargers in the playoffs, the year before that, it was the day of a wedding, and I watched the whole game in the bar, and she was mad at me, I wasn't in the wedding, and I'm like, look guys, I'm, I'm in there, I'm coming in, I'm hitting off some uh, <laughs> some electric slides, I'm, I'm, but I got the Jets are in the playoffs, First the Chargers, are you crazy? Of course I'm not going to miss the game. But you got to do what you got to do for the wifeys, guys. You guys know how it is. We all got wonderful wives that treat us nice. And, uh, you know, she did appreciate it. But it was tough. I watched the game in the car on my phone. Mike screaming, going nuts. Hype, not the same thing as being there. I haven't missed the game in a million years. So that was a tough one. But look, the Jets won. And I know now officially when I go back to my section, I'm the bad luck guy now. Because I wasn't there and then took the W. Sammy, Sammy rolls up. All they do is win. I've been going there since I'm freaking five years old. And I'm still going to be the bad luck guy now, but um, I'm stoked, man. Next week, we'll be back. We'll do a little Patriots preview. Go over any other news and notes in the Jet world like we always do, guys. We'll have a little hype video, a little midseason review. Maybe give up some midseason awards here yeah. next week. I think some of them are pretty obvious, but we'll have some awards to give out, too. Uh, Michael, if anyone does want to get at us or support us in any way, shape, or form, how could they do that? Guys, we're on YouTube. Please like and subscribe. On Facebook at AEBG.JetsRadio, on Twitter at AEBG underscore NYJ Podcast, and on Instagram at Jet.AEBG. You heard the man on behalf of the biggest Jet fan in the state of Texas, Michael Agaris, on behalf of the number one high school football coach in the nation today, Sammy O'Hare. My name's Keith Farrell. See you next week, everybody. Peace out. Cool.